The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. It's spelled Orion, O-R-I-O-N. Orion's belt. It could go either way. Yeah. It's a judgment call. Orion, at, let us know how you would like a, your name pronounced. And let's yeah. see who's closer, me or Paul. There should be an apostrophe in there. <laughs> if, if, if that's what he's going with. Uh, you're funny. Oh, baby, when you're 50 and you got to read Twitter handles, <laughs> uh-oh, it could be a disaster. I don't know. I'm not sure. It's a disaster when you're 40, too, so I'm not trying to totally blame you. Come, but what's up? How Everybody? you doing? Everybody good? Paul Yermeister, yep. Chris Sims, Chris Sims on Button, presented by Under Armour, the only way is through. We always appreciate them. Um, yeah, no, that's great. And I think we got... <laughs> We got we got an update on how to properly oh, we pronounce do. this. Yes. Okay. Yes, because Guidance. you know, you're there's Simsisms on Pro Football yes. Talk. We're hoping to build on Paulisms yes. or something. Yeah. I mean, you know, with Matt the W, uh, a.k.a. Matthew. That'll never be tops. And, and ne- never, yeah. never. And now we have Orion or Orion. Yes. I don't know. So let's go. Okay. Uh, Pete, we got that. Can we go to the videotape here? If it's all right, that leads to a question that we have Whoa. from Orion Chuzzlewit. I still think that we should Google that. I don't just think to that's make a, sure. I just feel like that's probably something we shouldn't at on Orion Chuz. Orion Chuzzlewit. Leave it to Florio to get it right. Yeah, Florio yeah. got it right. Well, again, another fifty-year-old is not sure about the handles on uh, Instagram that. or Twitter. A couple <laughs> yes. of things here. Okay. Yes. Uh, First of all, your <laughs> podcast is getting in the way of my conversations. I was talking to people around you. Yeah. You, you want to start. Yeah. Well, it's just interrupting. Yeah. So we'll tell one of the one. producers that the per- show, one of the podcasts he produces it's his is podcast, going. So, so yeah. get the hell out of the way. Number two, <laughs> I had two horrible grades in college. They yeah. were both of the science things that I had to take. So right. University of Iowa, liberal right. arts, you got to take all these things. Yeah, sure. Texas my two science way. courses were right. just awful. One of them was astronomy. Huh. So like I had to rally to get a C minus. I mean, like it was third and 24 and I had to come up with a play. Astrology? Astronomy. Oh, astronomy. astronomy. Sorry, sorry. And I yeah. believe that's where yeah. Orion comes in. Yes. Correct? 100%. Like, let alone okay. in many other movies it's, and things like that as well. It's quite likely I missed that day. <laughs> that's it. Okay. Blame it on, blame it it's on true. Iowa. That's it's true. Right. I'm not proud, but it's true. Blame it, it on true. your education. All yeah. right. I mean, I guess what they, they taught you about cornfields out there. What else? I don't know. How'd you do with your science oh, uh, gosh. prerequisites you there? Know, Man, it can't be good. Uh, no, it wasn't good. I remember I needed a tutor for that class. Actually, you a I did. I, I could have used one. I, I think I want to say maybe two science classes yep. I had to take yep. when I was in, yes. in Texas. Kind of the same thing. And yeah, I remember being pretty clueless in one, and really needed help. Right, yeah. and I was not ashamed of getting a tutor in college. Like not at all. Like you know, I I I know I'm smart. I know some things I'm not that smart at. You had other things and, you were doing. And that's exactly right too. See the danger of the University of Texas is this. It's big. The classes are big. Yes. You don't always have to go. And once I got done with my freshman year, they real I didn't miss class as much. I got very good gra- I think I got straight A's my freshman year in college. Wow. And 
So they kind of like backed off me. Yeah. And if this they checked on good. me, if they checked on me in classes from there on after, <laughs> I might have been not on the football team. I don't know. But I always made sure I signed up for two things. One, a big class, yep. so I can attend when I wanted to. <laughs> and then two, I, want, I was really big into, I don't want any of my teammates in my classes. I don't want Why? because somebody was going to check on some of them, oh. and I didn't want to get busted because they were checking on That's just another savvy. guy. I know. That, I'm well savvy. Done. Yeah. And then I used to pull up my car right to the front of the class and get a ticket every week. Every time. <laughs> I think I still time. have uh, parking tickets <laughs> oh, back in Iowa City. My dad used to get so pissed. Yeah. Oh, Christopher. Christopher. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I could have got you a, a personal chauffeur by now with all the tickets you're making me pay here. No, Dad, it's, I'm on scholarship. Don't worry. Yeah. You'll be okay. You're winning still. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I used, I used to say. So I, I think every time I mispronounce a name, because it'll, it'll happen again. Yeah, of course I mean, it will. Maybe like you, you have some fun with it. Like th- th- that person gets something yeah. or I have to do something. Sure. Because there's there's another one coming. Uh, okay, good. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But it's, oh, yeah, it's definitely going to come. Yeah. I know. It's like Might me with Simsisms. I mean, I'm going to butcher something. Correct. Today I, I said, hope. I hope so. Off, so. Today I said, bite your nose despite your face bite it instead of bite it exactly right and like i knew i kind of said it wrong but couldn't really figure <laughs> out what i said and for you it was like well wait how do you bite your own nose off and i was like hmm. how would you finish it bite your nose to what uh, spite your face despite instead of your cut face. your cut your nose off despite your face that's right awesome. that's the saying yeah Save i'm really good at for that our, for our time i will oh okay. you just gotta keep listening yeah. they'll, they'll come don't you worry okay so that's the science portion yeah that's yeah. it. Where do you want to go here? This pronunciation portion of the podcast. It's the What the Fuck Happened Wednesday podcast. Here we yeah. go, baby. Here yeah, a, we go. A number of things as we watch the yeah. games together on Sunday, pop questions that I thought about. we got to hit this on Wednesday. Yep. I think a good place to start, Bill's offense, number one scoring offense in the NFL, didn't score a touchdown against Jacksonville. That's alarming in and of itself. Yes, it is. They also didn't score a touchdown the first half last week against Miami. So right. it, it's approaching, at the very least, a little mini pattern. Uh-huh. So. Before we get up to the uh, and watch some film here, we have a we have a question, and I'm going to get this one correct. Yeah. Okay. This is at Tom Brady's booty. Oh, well, I, that's an easy one. I know that's right. Pete, <laughs> help me out. Truly, by a Buffalo Bills fan there. <laughs> so at Tom Brady's booty says Bills fan here, of course. Why do you think our offense is hurting so much? We've added talent, kept the same staff. Good point. But our offense and red zone percentage have taken huge hits this season. Yeah. Well, I think there's there's a few things. First off. I, the, the where I've been trying to tell people at Tom Brady is booty, and I don't know is that a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, booty's kind of popular in the world right now, so that could would, be a big thing, good yeah. thing. But I think it's a negative. Could be either. Uh, yeah, it could be either. Yeah. Um, but here's the first thing that I keep trying to tell people that, and and it's a good question. The, the talent is not as good as how it's perceived or what people think. You know, I know you've heard me say this. I've said this to Florio a lot. You know, I feel like people are finally starting to come around a little bit here. You know, the offense is Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. That's it. You know, again, Cole Beasley, good player, great third, fourth wide receiver. Emmanuel Sanders in your ideal world is your third or fourth wide receiver too. You don't want him to be your number two. You you don't. It's year 12. He doesn't separate from people the same way. All right. So there's that aspect. You know, the other aspect is, hey, when you're one of the best offenses in football, people study you. They do. They mm-hmm. check you out. They start to like, wait, what, what did they do to us? You know, and then, of course, it becomes like a thing of like, oh, wait, OK, this team had some success. Let's kind of steal their game plan. Go from there. They can't run the ball at all at all. They're certainly not trying to. They're not even trying to. Their best runner is Josh Allen, period. That's a problem. I mean, he's been the leading rusher, I think, two out of the last three games. One of the games he wasn't. He was only off by like a yard from being the leading rusher. There's been a number of games like that through the year. The other thing I'd like to say too, Paul, is 
The offense has been overrated all season long. And I, I know I said this a little on Monday, but I want to hit it again. You know, I, I do. I, I, it's, it, I wish I could show everybody, like, the Dolphins game where they won 35 to nothing. You know, it, it wasn't easy. They didn't do anything special. They were set up by great field position all game long that game. I promise you, you know I love Josh Allen yes. and Brian Dayball yeah. and the Bills. If it was awesome, I'd be telling you it was awesome. That was that game. The Washington football game the next week was still a lot of sputtering. Defense put them in a few good positions. And, hey, listen, I know Josh Allen's going to make a few plays to put some points mm-hmm. on the board no matter what. But I'm just telling you it's not, it's not the absolute machine we saw last mm. year or for some other great offenses. Houston, Texas, 40-0. to You know, as I said Monday, that game was like 3 nothing early in the second quarter. And again, it was a bunch of Davis Mills interceptions and, and plays like that that set up short fields for Buffalo. I've been trying to say this, and then you mentioned Miami last week, yeah. that it's not the well-oiled machine that we think it is, and they ran into a little bit of a buzzsaw uh, last Sunday. It's easy to be misled with this team yeah. and, and think it is a juggernaut or that it's coming easy because right. the numbers that you look at that matter, are they winning? Yeah, they're winning yes, a lot. Right. Are they scoring? They're scoring more points than every team in the NFL. Right. Could easily lead you to believe, lead most of us to believe, yeah. that it is working maybe better than, than, than uh, those numbers would have us believe. Sure, right. My question is, and yeah. Brian Dable is a name you mentioned just a, mo- a moment ago, offensive yeah. coordinator. He's somebody that's been praised on this podcast. Right. The numbers say he ought to be praised. Right. I know they're not wonderful with their playmakers, but with Josh Allen's talent and with an offensive coordinator that you like and they have familiarity, why can't he scheme more people open, even if those second, third, fourth, fifth options aren't all pro kind of players? I, I, I'm, I'm a little surprised by that, too. I, I mean, I, I, can't, I can't lie. I do think people have kind of taken, like, the Chiefs approach with them a little bit where they're just like, well, they can't run Cover the ball. Two, back let's just up. back off and mm. let's see if they can be patient. They might mess it up. You know, we'll see what Josh Allen does. You know, Dayball has shown me enough in his years in Buffalo that he does have an inventory of offense to throw the ball short, a.k.a. like the New England Josh McDaniels way. They've gotten away from that. I don't know what the reason is. I do think there has to be a little bit more of like, let's get back to that because I think it'll help some of the plays we really like. You know, they can't protect – you know, so I, again, I don't know if that's affecting some of the play calling. Brian Dayball has had a very tough year personally. I'll say that mm, too, mm. to where maybe that's affected him a, a little bit. I'm not trying to make excuses for the guy. That's just the reality it's of the reality. nature. It's real, yeah. right? You know, Dawson Knox has been hurt. Um, so I think it's a little bit of all the things we just mentioned there. But yeah, they're a team that, again, it's two Josh Allen stuff on Dig Centrics. I'm not giving up on them yet. Because, of course, Allen's too talented. I have too much respect for Sean McDermott. They have an iron grip on that, on that division right now. You we would, think. You think? We think. We're getting close, so I'm not sure. I yeah. mean, you know, them playing New England is not going to be an easy task because how much New England's improved over the last four or five weeks. Yeah. And I guess why I say I don't give up yet is because I've seen the offense enough to go, wait, I, I think he's got some answers and can fix some things within their, their scheme. Okay. to maybe get a little more efficient on the offensive side of the ball. But this was a game where we saw, yeah, good defense and game plan. All the issues with the offense kind of came to a head. Jacksonville, as I've said before in the podcast, is more talented than people want to give them mm. credit for. And Josh Allen got a little impatient and tried to go, I'm going to take this over. Instead of like somebody getting in his ear and going, we're going to have to win 15 to 9 today. Yeah. It's just not working that good. Take care of the ball. We'll, if we got to kick field goals, that's great. Our defense has got them. 
So let's just play and win an ugly game. I respect Buffalo because they're always like, no, let's just keep putting the pressure on you, pressure on you, pressure on you. But this is one where it came back to bite them in the ass. I want to ask one more question I think is going to set up what we're going to see here uh, about the running game. And I know the offensive line deserves to be questioned right now. Yeah. But there's there's no commitment to the running game. Top two running backs, nine carries for 22 yards. Yeah, right. And you can say, well, if they're not producing, then why go to it? Other teams are getting the rush attempts just to make the quarterback better. All the time, right? Look at Monday night, Najee right. Harris, wonderful young player, yeah. but I think it was you know twenty two carries, sixty four yards, yards right. less than three yards per carry. Right. But they kept doing it. Right. It made the rest of their offense better. The Patriots do that. Sure, we'll talk about that in a little no bit. Doubt. So, is the O line? Is, are the running backs that bad where they can only get them nine carries a game yeah. in a close game? No, I mean, listen, I think you make a lot of valid points. We talk about a lot, right? We're both believers in attempts as a thing. Yeah. Like you, the attempts doesn't always have to be successful. Right. But if you just keep that defense like, all right, we got to respect it. We can't just drop back and play pass defense all the time. The, the reason teams do that right now in football is because it, it creates explosive plays off of it. You know, we've talked about that a lot over the last two years. Play-action pass is the way to go for explosive plays. But I think this is where we should go to the video tape a little bit right here. And because this is, to me, I think what's happening and why they're just so discouraged. I think this first play uh, is a run play, correct? It is. Yeah, it's a run play. First quarter, all tied to three. Go ahead. And, and again, I, I, I could have really picked just about any run play from the game. And I think this is why they're giving up on it so quickly is the fact, the sheer fact that... I mean, I'm going to stand up, Kristen. You know, here we are. It's tight end to the left, two receivers to the left, one receiver at the top of the screen, and it's Zach Moss behind Josh Allen. And, yeah, they're going to run just like a little weak side zone play here to the right side. But, like, what I want everybody to pay attention to is just, like, the offensive line. Or let me get it right on the line of scrimmage. Here's the line of scrimmage. Who's going to win that battle right there? Who's going to win that battle? Okay. I mean, there's not much push. There's a Roy Robertson-Harris, okay, already busted through the left tackle, Deion Dawkins. It is in the backfield. There's nothing over here to the right side that's gaining any ground or pushing the Jacksonville Jaguars back. And to me, this just kind of symbolizes their issue right now in the run game. Their run game it's just never anything positive. It's almost always negative right now. It's almost always like, wait, all right, we ran it on first and 10, but it's second and 10. Mm. Or we ran it on first and 10, but it's second and 12 now. And I think that's where they've gotten a little exhausted by it. And then, of course, it becomes like an issue too, Paul, because you know how it goes. It's a little bit like Pittsburgh last year. You start to abandon it, and now you don't work out of that much at practice. They're, the attitude's kind of gone. This is something that's instilled in you a little bit throughout the year, and now they've gotten away from it so far, I don't know if they can recapture that again. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the th- biggest issue. Do you think it's sustainable for them to win at the level they have been and for the level they want no. to win later in the winter uh, no. when he's throwing it 47 times no. the running backs are running it nine times? No. I, this is one of the reasons, like, I, you know, again, I, I didn't think they would be the number one seed in the AFC playoffs this year because I, I don't know if it's realistic to think Josh Allen drop back, us pick you apart. And him make magical plays to get you to the Super Bowl. To me, I mean, no, I don't think that is. Okay, that's cool if you have Sammy Watkins and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey to go along yeah. with it. Fine. But you just got Stefan Diggs. The rest of these guys are just solid football players. So that's their first reason, I think. And it's, again, I don't know how many, I forget how many rushes they had in the game. 
But top two running backs carried it nine times. Right. There's just it's it's domination. So I think that's where McDermott and company are just like the hell with it. Yeah. Let's just go with our best guy and see if he can make plays. And of course, this was a game he did not make as many plays as we're accustomed to seeing. And then you get pass happy, as I mentioned, 47 attempts. We'll see him. He's wrapped up here. I think our next peak is going to be at the passing game. Yeah. And at this point here, third quarter, five minutes left, still tied at six. Well, okay. So now running game has like, what's up, dude? Uh, the running game has no, like, merit to the defense. Yeah. None. People are playing Buffalo, and they're literally going like, hey, linebackers, you don't need to fast slow here. Just be careful. If you see a run fake, like, be ready to drop out. They're going to try to throw a crosser behind you, something of that. that is, again, this is a thing I see every week. They never get any, like, oh, they're running here. Let's fast flow and get downhill and crush them. No, everybody kind of slow plays it. Maybe one step one step, get out because it's really a pass. They kind of know now at this point. There's nothing there to be scared. Okay, it's five offensive linemen, it's four defensive linemen. The four defensive linemen are winning more times than they're not. So that's the other aspect. So here you're going to have play action fake, him drop. Um, Diggs are going to try to hit behind the linebackers here. I think I got that right. And like what I want everybody to watch is the two middle linebackers and just the reaction. You know, here this is, I think, Wilson, and that's Miles Jack, who I have a lot of respect for Miles Jack. I mean, again, not on a good team, one of the best middle linebackers in football. But you see here, like, it's one step. So continue to watch these two middle linebackers. There's a run fake. The quarterback has his back turned to the football, right? The other thing that is killing them is this right here. The offensive line, they don't always marry their run fakes, with a running play. It's They're in obvious, a pass set already. Pass They're already. in a pass set. Yeah. Right. So you have that issue. And now, I mean, look at the linebackers. Look what they did. One, they didn't even take a full step. They took a shuffle up to go, wait, maybe they'll run it. Okay, nope, it's not. I can see the O-linemen are not really run blocking. Boom, let me get back. And there's nothing there. And then to compound the problem, here's again the other issue with the football team. They don't pass protect very well. They don't. And Daryl Williams whiffs here um, on um, who's number five again, Pete, when you get to it. Uh, Ford, I can't remember his first name. And, I mean, he beats Rudy Ford. Thank you very much. Rudy Ford beats Daryl Williams like he's Lawrence Taylor. I mean, it's not even close. So, again, like, okay, maybe Josh Allen could have thrown the check down to the tight end here. But he's still like, wait, I'm going through one to two right now. I'm not expecting to have to get there. And, of course, now he's got to dodge the guy, and he tries to get out of town, and, of mm. course, they sack him. So, uh, yeah, Ford, the defensive back, right. So there we go. So there's another element of, like, okay, so run game doesn't work. It's actually gotten so bad that the play-action pass holds no water anymore. Right. All right? And uh, that element is scary, I'm sure, to Dayball and McDermott right now as far as what they're doing there. So run game not working. Yeah. You're throwing it all the time, right. more and more and more. Uh-huh. I've heard you mention this a couple of times. It can lead, it has led Josh Allen to kind of revert a little bit to some yeah, of the things he used to do. Yeah, we've seen some of the crazy crap. We're seeing crazy Josh Allen a few times every game right now. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. And that, that, that's, uh, that's scary because he's got – you know, I don't blame him here. This is not like – it's a little bit like Wyoming back in those days because they're going, you just got to save You do us. everything. You got to make it. And yeah. he's got to find that, you know, that brake pad or governor switch again to go like, okay, there's a fine line of I got to do everything. And then, okay, I've crossed that line and this is batshit fucking crazy. Yeah. All right? And I think we have an example here next of the passing game. 
Uh, the headline is Alan Mechanics. Maybe taking a step back here a little bit. Well, all right. So this is something I've definitely – I mean, this is definitely something going on right now. All right, here's one thing, and I hope Josh Allen and Brian Dayball, somebody tells them this. Josh Allen is not throwing the ball exactly the same way he was last year. Josh Allen right now, way too much what I call his arm being an independent contractor. So I just want to show that real quick. I hope you guys are watching on YouTube slash NBC Sports. But, like, you know we talk about quarterback mechanics a lot. The ability to separate the upper from the lower right just like that golf swing you know the legs stay but we torque the upper body and that allows you to unravel and really throw some heat behind the football right now he has so many throws where he does not create opposites and his arm just does it itself he'll just sit here like this and he just throws it like that there's nothing to go with it so it's like what what the definition of an all-arm throw Mm. so there's definitely more throws missed than there should be as, as compared to last year all right so there's that issue and yeah Again, we're going to get – yep, and here this is going to be an interception he throws. Not only bad mechanics we're going to show here, but going to also show the fact that nobody is really open. That's the other thing, too, where, yeah, people are onto their stuff a little bit. There's no doubt about that. I think you got Emmanuel Sanders here who's going to run through, and on this, like, copy right here, the game angle we're showing – it's going to look like he's open, maybe. But I, I gotta, everybody got to trust me. There's a safety over here just waiting for him, waiting for him. You know, he's got an out route up here, you know, that, that pops open. But really what he's trying to do in the play itself is look down the middle to Cole Beasley running a little option route right over the middle of the field. And this is, to me, where they got to find some more varieties of doing some of this stuff because I do think people are all over their stuff a little bit. Because as we roll the tape here, what you're going to see, it's hard to check it out right here, but Miles Jack's going to let Emmanuel Sanders go, and they're going to basically have Cole Beasley bracketed in the middle. So now he's got really nowhere to throw the football, and to compound that, here he is in the pocket, and you can see his feet are... Let's say he's standing on the clock, right? His feet are like this. They're right here down the hash, right? He's going to throw a ball over here and never really even step there. Just kind of just use his right arm and wing it and throw it, okay? And so here we go. I'm going to play it. And oh, yeah. You, can you really see? see that. Yeah. You see? You see yeah. what I'm talking about there? So I want to I actually, like, I want to slow-mo this, and I'm going to get there in a second. Hold on a second, you damn thing. But see, look. I mean, he's actually stepping almost to 11 o'clock on the dial and he, throwing the ball back over to 2 o'clock. He never believed that throw. He had, he had zero conviction. It was a total just like, let me just should, flick should it with it. my arm, and I don't know where to go. Nobody's open. Let me see if I can just fit it in there, right? And as you see there, there's, there's the perfect example of what I'm trying to show. They got two guys on them. They got yeah. an inside and outside guy on them. So yeah. that, again, speaks to... Killed a field goal opportunity, too. Killed the field goal opportunity. Again, 9-6 yeah. to six yeah. would have been a big deal. Yep. You know, and that's, again, the issue, their mistakes led to a lot of Jacksonville field goals and, of course, lack of their own field goal to win an ugly football game. All right, so we got one more play after this. There's Paris Ford. Uh, not Paris Ford. I keep forgetting this damn... Rudy Ford. Rude, there's Rudy Ford making another big play. I like this. Look at our man James Lofton right here showing this. Oh, look at him drawing routes. He's got, <laughs> let me see, he's got the, the, the CBS vision cone Former Buffalo up. Bill Grace. Oh, I, what? I love me some he's James Lofton, yeah. let alone the guy is awesome. Good dude. But, yep. again, here's what I want to show everybody, all right? This is what I want to show more than anything, all right? And I'm going to leave this up here just like this. 
All right, so, I mean, here's a single cut down here by Diggs. It's tight. They played bump run. He didn't love that, so he tried to play the concept up top. But again, as I showed you, here goes Emmanuel Sanders this way. The safety's going to be over here for him, all right? And now you have Cole Beasley going to run his little option route and try to settle in there, and they're going to have two guys. The only guy that's even remotely open is the big tight end on a way out route there, and that's really not something that's on his radar for this play. This play was like it's one, two, two, to three. That's how that play is read, all right? This is just window dressing bullshit up here, all right? So, well, let it continue to play here, and as you can see, right, you know, again, they're ready for it. They're ready for it. Miles Jacks matched up on Zach Moss. You got good coverage on Diggs. You got a guy running with Sanders and a safety waiting for him to where, I mean, all right, maybe he could try to throw a laser in here and maybe it gets tipped by the guy or the Emmanuel Sanders gets his head knocked off. But again, it's, it's a tie game. It's third and three in field goal range. Like maybe just eat it, maybe throw it away, maybe exactly. run it for a yard. That, that's a, it's exactly it. Put your, put your shoulder down or something. Try to get up here to save a few yards or just throw it at the feet of Cole Beasley. Throw it right at his feet, punt the ball, I mean, kick the ball. They're at the 25-yard line. It's going to be a 42-yard field goal. No biggie. That's a chip shot this day and age in the NFL. Right. Just sim- so these plays, and is that our last one? We have one more. Oh, you're right. One more. So, and, so these all just symbolize the issues to me of the Buffalo offense through the last few weeks. So this is late third quarter, tied at six, first and 20. Yeah, first and 20. Thanks for laying that out there. First and 20, I mean, gosh, there's nobody more dangerous in football on first and 20, third and 18 than Josh Allen. But here's some stuff where I go, like, you know, bad throw, people covered a little bit, and now we go back to Josh Allen where I want to just go, first off, my first thing I want to say here is, like, why run? Why the run, like, first off? And, you know, I, I should say this. You know why the run? Because he's had people coming around the edge all game. So now as a quarterback, you start to lose your feel a little bit in the pocket because you're like, man, every time I look up, I kind of got somebody bearing down on me. Yeah. You know, I would like him just to shuffle up and stay in a throwing position and kind of attack the line of scrimmage that way. Instead, he decides to run up, and then as he's run, he's running with his head down – and now he decides to look up at the last second and try to make a throw, sidearm throwing an absolute heater laser to Cole Beasley. It's 20 yards down That's the field. That's 20 yards, yards down the field. The other way. Five yards Rolling the other way. To his left. Not an easy throw. No. I know Josh Allen can do that with the best of any of them, but he's off his game right now. And he's off within his field in the pocket. He's a little off of what he's seeing on the field. And... There it leads to, you know, what I would say, like, last year, Josh Allen would have got back into that throw. He might have attacked the line of scrimmage, attacked the line of scrimmage, and then got back into the position and just lasered it real quick. Uh, for, this, for whatever reason here, he stays on the run, which makes it more difficult, and mm. misses Cole Beasley, where he can't even get his hands on it right now. Yeah. So a so, little bit of that is just encompasses all the issues they're having as a football team right now. Yeah. And – Again, I don't know. This is why I keep saying, like, the Bills, to me, I would be trying to sign Odell Beckham Jr. right now. 
Nice. Really? That's what I would be saying. Yeah. You'd be pursuing that route. I would. They need some. They're not going to fix the run game. That's yeah. not going to happen this year. That's the, we're already done. It's halfway through the year. It's not going to happen. Mm. I so, was going to ask. You got to go weaponry. Okay. You got to go weaponry here. Biggest problem O line or the weapons outside mm. of Diggs? I would say it's the O line. O line's the biggest. I would problem. say it's the O line. Yes, I would definitely. I would probably put that number one. Okay. But then. Yeah, I think the weapons is one of the most overrated things in football when people talk about the Bills. Because I hear people on TV go, well, he's got weapons, and I still want to go, what the fuck are you talking about? What weapons? What? Who is there has shown you that they are some big-time weapon that changes games at any point? And that's where I do. I think they're going to need somebody else because the run game, I said, is not going to happen. Their defense is good enough to get them to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But they need some sort of offense or offensive rhythm. And they've lost their way a little bit the last few weeks. Forrest West Bay asked a question. I won't read the whole thing, but basically is how do the Bills navigate their offensive line issues? Yeah, I, What listen, can you do at this point of the season? I, 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 there's, there's not much you could say other than they got to find – more screens, maybe some moving in the pocket with Josh Allen, you know, uh, move the pocket so he can set up and you can protect him outside the pocket, keep in some max protections every now and then. Oh, wait, it's a single safety defense. We can, we can send two, three guys out here because it's basically one-on-one. Let's let him feel protected and let him throw a 20-yard out route to Stephon Diggs. We'll keep a tight end in. We'll keep the back end on the weak side. We'll kind of get double teams on the, the two edge guys so then you know everybody else can block everybody else in the interior. That, to me, would be the thing I can go from. Um, but, I mean, it's not going to get fixed in the far as like they're going to become some right. great you know, offensive line unit here sometime soon. Kristen, I know we have a graphic on the, on the Bills and their results this season. I think specifically uh, offensively. Well, there's all the results. If you're just listening, it's weeks one through nine. You can see how many points they have scored. Again, they were number one in, in points coming into this game. Right. What you saw over the weekend, uh, one game or a sign of a much bigger problem to fix? No, I think – I think this is a sign of a, a, a bigger problem. I don't think I don't look at this as a one game. This has been a thing I've been trying to beat home to people for a little while now. They have the Jets this weekend. Do you see them struggling again? Yeah, I do. I, I do. I think the Jets and uh, the Jets have been pitiful on defense themselves here at certain points. I mean, they weren't great against Cincinnati, and they certainly weren't great against you know the uh, the Colts last week. Yeah. But when you get back to defensive head coach that knows he doesn't really have to defend the run game and they have a decent front four, and, yeah, they don't have a great secondary. Like, it's nothing special there. But, I, again, I don't, see, I don't see any sign of going, oh, this machine is going to catch on fire. What I can say what could happen and where I could end up being wrong this week is Josh Allen, he could end up making three or four highlight plays right. versus a, a Jets defensive line that not necessarily has the greatest pass rushers in the world to where it's going to fool us. And they could go. They could win thirty to ten, but I don't know if it necessarily means good offense, right? That's what I'm trying to say. Like they fool us a little bit because, oh, Allen gets out of the pocket and then throws a forty yard laser across the field for a touchdown, and we go, well, their offense is good. And I want to go, no, it was third and twenty. They haven't done shit but gone backwards, and he just made an amazing play. And that to me is not realistic to get to the Super Bowl or go deep in the AFC playoffs. For the rest of November, the Bills have the Jets, Colts, and the Saints. uh, Two huge games coming up against the Patriots in December. 
All right, Chris. Meanwhile, in Dallas, the team that led the NFL in yards and averaged over 30 points per game, they were playing the Broncos. It was yeah. 30 to nothing late in the fourth Crazy, quarter right? in that game. Just like we did with the Bills. Let's start out here with a question from, t- from uh, Twitter. Tomas S. Pena says, yeah. love the pod, all the way from Brazil. Did the Cowboys get so overconfident with their playmakers to the point they underestimated schemes and didn't design plays to make the game easier for them? No. I, you know, it's a very good question. You know, I don't think it was – I don't think it was overconfidence. It was a bad day. Like, all right, so, like, there where I just told you Buffalo, I'm a little concerned with. Dallas, I know it was a bad day. I'm not going into Concernedville yet with, with Dallas's offense. I'm not. You know, well, I'm, we're going to show plays, and, and Pete knows. I, I mean, we were on the phone last night for an hour and 20 minutes, and he watches the plays with me as we go through it. You know, there was plays there to be had. There was drops in the game. You know, they didn't play their best ball, certainly. You know, they didn't take advantage of two decent drives to start the game. They get stopped on fourth down. Mainly the biggest thing is, you know, Dak Prescott, two weeks of not practicing or doing anything, he was off his game. Not only off physically and missed throws that you go, well, I see Dak do that 99 of 100 times. He didn't even see the field all that well either. Let alone, hey, Vic Fangio, their defense, he's a good defensive coach. They got pretty good secondary in Denver. So they can play that game. And where they were fortunate is they got to jump out, be up 16 to nothing. They block the punt, the Dallas Cowboys. But then Denver gets to recover it because it gets touched beyond the line of scrimmage. That leads to another drive of a field goal to make it 19 nothing. And really what happened, too, to compound it is now you're like, oh, shit, we can't run the ball. Like They got, they got impatient with them running the ball, too, because they're going, we got to start making plays, lengthen the game, stop the clock with incompletions, give ourselves more chances. And that, that ended up being a downfall for them, too, and plays right into Fangio's hands where run defense is not a strength for Denver, but pass defense and pass coverage, that's right up Vic Fangio's alley. Before we watch the yeah. uh, we'll watch the plays here on right. film, what kind of pass defense? Because we've talked about so mm-hmm. many different kinds this season in terms of zone right. or aggressive man. I know they were up, and that helped a lot, as you pointed yeah. out. What did they do specifically? Yeah, no, there was there – was, I think there's two things that I come away with with the theme of the game. Passing formations, for the most part, and especially early, man-to-man coverage, four-man rush, deep safety in the middle – somebody lurking in the middle to look for crossers in it. So a, a, a deep safety in center field and a guy up there and that either in, it was either the safety in the middle of the field, like looking for crossers yeah. or maybe the safety was covering the tight end. And now the linebackers in the middle of the field looking for crossers, but always having somebody in that area to go, wait, if you do those man to man pick plays or, you know, you look to go post deep crosser over that, we're going to have Straight somebody coverage. there to kind of get in and, your way. And you can do that because you're not rushing five. You're exactly right. Yeah. So now you got the, listen, there was a plays right there. Even the pressures we just showed with Jacksonville against Buffalo, yeah. it was a blitz, but one guy dropped his four man pressure. The NFL's listening to us. They're listening to the podcast. <laughs> Going, damn. Paul and Chris are right. So there's that, Paul, and here's the other aspect. So passing, passing formations, they played it that way. Running formations, two tight ends, oh no, they might slug us and kill, kick our butt with the running game. They played more zone coverages. Why? Because 
you know, you don't want to be playing too much man-to-man against a good running football team because all of a sudden they send motions and things, and all of a sudden we're, we're going, oh, wait, that guy was supposed to be responsible for the C-gap, but now he went across with the motion, and wait, we didn't adjust right and get somebody back over there to help the C-gap in the run game. That's what becomes the issue there, let alone, like, it can be a little tricky with play-action passes when you play too much man-to-man and those type of, type of sets too. So what does it do? You know, zone defense and a run formation and running sets, all eyes can be on the quarterback, on the run game. If they do run it, we can get all our bodies down there and try to tackle them. Two, you know, if they do run some, you know, play action pass and now our linebackers are way up in there, at least we got some guys back there in the secondary who are playing their zones and seeing the quarterback and get to read his eyes and maybe get after some of those combinations. All right, we have three plays here to demonstrate the Cowboys' struggles yeah. against the Broncos on Sunday. Let's begin halfway through the first quarter, third down and nine. On the Bronco 27. Third down and nine, and this is one of the first times of the game where... It's scoreless right now. It's scoreless, right. They've already missed on one fourth and one on their opening drive. This is going to lead to a miss of fourth and three uh, a few plays later, and we're going to show the next two plays here. This is one of the first plays, though, all game uh, to this point where they got in a passing formation, and Denver Denver did not play the man-to-man middle-of-the-field coverage like I was telling you about, okay? This is one of the first times. So this is kind of a curveball here okay. for the first time, like, all game to where they're all over. And what, what they do here is he, looks, he wants to look at the single cut with C.D. Lamb on the left because he thinks it's some sort of man-to-man coverage at first or because that's what they've been doing. The safety ends up coming way back over here. It's not this safety. There's another safety back here to kind of cloud that. So he doesn't have that right from the get-go, all right? And then what they do is, excuse me, is what I would call and what teams that I played for, and I'm just trying to try to get it to the right spot here, they box the bunch, all right? So we have a bunch formation at the top of the screen. Three wide receivers. Three wide receivers, right? I think the inside guy is Dalton Schultz as the tight end. But three pass catchers, 100%. (laughs) And what I mean by box the bunch is you got short inside, you got short outside, you got deep outside, he's going to be over here for deep inside. So it ends up almost looking like a box, right? That's why you say box the bunch. They're going to kind of play first guy that comes into my area, I got this corner of the box, right? That's, That's basically what they're doing. And as you see here... All right, they're going to run like, I'm going to try to get to it just so I can kind of, it's going to be shallow crosser, deeper crosser. Dalton Schultz is going to run kind of like a real deep in cut. Now he pops open. He ends up being open. But again, what I want to just show here is kind of just what symbolizes the whole game. Even when there was a few few people open, all right, it was never smooth. And I think as soon as he's, like, here's Dak Prescott. He's getting back to, like, now the concept side because you can see his eyes are still over here to CeeDee Lamb. But you got to trust me, there's a safety over there that's discouraging him. And now he's going back to the concept side. You know, right now he's going, wait, that's not right. This guy's here. Wait, there's somebody over there waiting for this guy. But he ends up clearing it out, and he's going to have a hole for Dalton Schultz. But as soon as he starts to get there, Zach Martin versus Draymond Jones gets beat, and he doesn't get a chance Mm. to really get to that play. So he ends up running and scrambling, and now it becomes, I believe, fourth and three, maybe fourth and two. 
Okay. All right. So cool. that's that's that example. And fourth and two is yep. is this the very next play? It's the very next play. Okay. Next play, it fourth is. and two on the twenty. Now, now we're going to get back to Denver is going to play their man-to-man coverage where I talked about like a free guy being in the middle, but Dallas sends three crossers this time. They go, you want to play man-to-man with a guy in the middle? Well, we're going to send so many fucking crossers at you, <laughs> you're not going to be right. You're, one of them is going to get open. And that's basically what they do. He goes this way. He goes this way. Cedric Wilson comes underneath. They got Zeke Elliott clearing it out on a wheel route. All right? A very, this is a very popular play in the NFL. Four-man rush once again. And they got Denver. Denver's in trouble. They're playing man across the board, as you could see. Right? Tavon Young's already – I mean, not to, Kenny Young's getting outside to cover, to cover Zeke. All right? Um, let me just make sure I got this right. You know, let me see just to make sure. All right. Uh, okay. Yep. I got it. Sorry. You know, we got uh, Sertain on the outside receiver here. And then Justin Simmons is going to be worried about Schultz coming across. All right. And then your free guy is right here in the middle. All right. Well, like I said, they send so many crossers. Look at the free guy in the middle. He's going like, wait, there's two crossers coming at me, this guy and this guy. And, you know, and you see Fuller here, number 23, who's covering Cedric Wilson. There's just too much trash to fight through. So it's a great play call. It's yeah. great. They got it because they've seen it a few times already. They've seen the defense that I'm explaining to you. Again, this is a second drive, and I'm, I'm going to say to this point, they've thrown the ball, you know, in some passing sets, let's just say five or six times, and they've gotten this coverage five out of the six times. There's only that one play I just showed you where that it was the first time they didn't play the coverage I've told you about with the man and the free guy in the middle. They got what they wanted defensively. They have a good play call. Like, I don't remember watching this live what happened. I'm wondering how this got messed up. And this goes back to, you know, our buddy Tomas Espena in Brazil to go, our man Dak was just off. He throws it at the feet. I mean, he he might score a touchdown. He might score a touchdown. Now, listen, on the game film, I kept going, wait, did 93 Draymond Jones tip this ball? Like, I rewound it 50 times. I don't think he did. I, I, and we're going to show you. He didn't. We have a better, clearer angle here. I think but, he decelled. I think Dak decelled on it because he was so open, just tried to baby it. He tried to baby it. That's a great way to say it. Like, oh, oh, he's open. <sighs> Instead of like, no, throw the ball through throw his it. target. Yeah. Throw, throw it through his chest and let him catch it and run. And like you got, you, you got to prom- I mean, you got to trust me here again. I know I like to say that a lot with this stuff. Zeke's going to clear out Kenny Young, and I'm telling you, if he catches this ball, he's going to go yeah. up the sideline, and maybe a safety tackles him at the two yard line. But I find it highly unlikely. And as you see, I mean, can't even get a chance to catch the ball. And this is where this is why they pay Pete Dimalitis the big bucks. Look at the replay. Clean as can be. Yeah. You just you said it. He babied it. It kind of looks like it. I, I you know I don't know. He just didn't quite step into it. That, yeah. And that's exactly you said it the right way. And he has no chance. I mean that's not even close. Not even close. Not even close. Right. Wow. And that leads to Denver going down the field, yeah. scoring their first touchdown, and being up six to nothing. The uh, the margin for error is so small. Like that play gets hit when it's scoreless. I mean. I don't want to take any away from what Denver did. I mean, right. they dominated them. But if you get points first, if I you know. get a touchdown first. I know. I know. This is where I try to explain to people all the time because, yeah. you know, it's where, this is where I always say the college football element messes up the football watcher's mind sometimes. Because 
they just go, well, you know, Alabama beat this team by 60 points. And then they go to the NFL and they're like, well, how did that happen? Like, what, how did this happen? What happened here? And it's like, it's really more times than not, like three or four plays where you go, it totally changed the game. Them. And now shit's rolling downhill. Mm-hmm. And, you know, okay, but you mess up another two or three plays. And now, man, it's a big ball of shit rolling downhill. Yeah. And you're fighting an uphill bottle that's not easy to win. It's deflating, too, for everybody on the sideline and the huddle, too, when you know it's a critical down. Yeah. We've watched, we've watched, we've watched. We're anticipating this defense. We get that defense, and this is the perfect play for it. All that happens, and the quarterback bounces it to him. Yes. I mean, it's not just, oh, okay, that, that play didn't work. Right. That's a missed opportunity, and everybody knows it. No, a missed opportunity. That's a great play call. Everything awesome. was right. It's perfect. And Dak Prescott will hit that the next 99 out of 1,000 times exactly. he throws it. We got one more play. And we, we have one more that I think he'll hit. That is not, uh, it's not so much schemed up that works. It's just an athletic play that he normally makes, but he misses. I want to make sure we get this right. Yeah. Third quarter, Dallas now down 19 nothing. Yeah, no. And then, you Fourth know, again, and one. We're going back to the coverage I've told you because it's a pass set, right? And here goes Denver. Denver is going to play the man with a free guy in the middle. You know, there's Justin Simmons. He's coming down, right, to cover Ezekiel Elliott off set to his right. So here we go. Fourth down, four-man rush. It's man-to-man across the board. He maybe is going to blitz if Zeke stays, but once he sees him go out, he matches him and covers him. All right? We got Kenny Young on Schultz. We got, I can't see who that is. I think that's Fuller. No, that might be Darby. Um, Darby, man-to-man on Cooper. And then you got William Jackson back here as the free guy. And you got a middle linebacker here who's the free guy. Again, back to the theme we talked about, right? Yeah. So man-to-man passing situations. Uh, and, and, oh, yeah, did I say William Jackson? Kareem Jackson. Sorry, thank you. Keep me up to date there, Pete. Uh, too many plays and, and names going through my head. Hmm. So what they're going to do here is Amari Cooper, inside release, going to try to run a deep out. Dalton Schultz is going to kind of run the up five yards and option route out, right? On the backside – Let me clear these out just so I can do this again. So there you go. Out, Schultz, option out. They're going to run C.D. Lamb on a, like, he's going to run it out and come back in type of return route, reverse return route. Cedric Wilson's going to run a deep out. All right, out of all these guys that I just show you, none of them are going to be open except for Cedric Wilson. All right? Now, he's taught probably in this formation to play – this side. He can probably play either side he wants in man-to-man on this one, but I think what he's really looking at is he's going, it's fourth and two, and the middle linebacker is inside leverage on my good pass-catching tight end who's about to run a five-yard out. So I should be able to hit him, and we get a first down, and we keep this game going, right? What I'm going to show you, you know, again, is Vic Fangio, and I think Denver having a pretty good feel and some of these drop-back pass moments of knowing what to get or what they were going to get. And because you have, like, people in the middle of the field that are free, you know, it helps them out. But you see there, Kenny Young, he's all over it on the top of the screen. He wants to throw this right here. As he's pumping, right, he's going to pump. And as he's about to cock the ball and throw it, he's going, oh, I can't throw that. He's gonna, it's going to be a pick six, all right? Now, even, even farther back, Amari Cooper, who's trying to run a deep out, the corner's playing outside leverage on can't. It's over. He's done. There's nothing he can do here. So now you see Dak. 
he's kind of looks there. Uh-oh. Now he's moving in the pocket. You could see at this moment right here, C.D. Lamb does a great job of kind of, you know, scramble drill because he ran the out, come back in. That was his third option kind of guy. And you see Cedric Wilson on the out, but here's C.D. Lamb, the hand up, all right? And he's, he's behind everybody. And again, this, not go, this goes into, again, just the, the encompassing the whole picture here. Good defense and Dak Prescott being off. And I would say if Dak Prescott gets mm. that throw 20 times, he hits it 18. Yep. And yeah. it's, it's that that adds up. And all of a sudden, you're down 19 nothing, And all of a sudden, you're down, you're down 22 nothing, And then all of a sudden, it's 30 nothing, And it's just, it just goes downhill from there. So in these last two teams that we've looked mm-hmm. at, the Bills offense, Cowboys offense, yeah. you see the one that led in points. We right. talked about the Bills extensively. Yeah. The one that led in yards. Yeah. And with the Bills, it felt like it was a sign of a bigger problem. Yeah. Cowboys, same question. Is this a sign of a bigger problem? No, it's not. I'm not panicked about uh, Dallas at all. I'm really not. It's just Dak missing a couple throws. It's just what we Dak saw. missing a couple throws. Exactly right. You know, and, and some good defensive plays by Denver because they're coached well. And, yeah, yeah, I'm going to give them credit. You know, they, they did a pretty good job of, you know, the biggest issue of the game also other than Dak missing throws, you know, the game got away from them. But with no Tyrone Smith in the game, they moved who has been their right tackle steal over to left tackle, and mm. Lyle Collins went back to his original position of right tackle, and Steele really got whooped throughout the game too. I mean whooped. He got pushed back in the DAC a lot. So, you know, like we, we showed a little bit, even though there's a few times where you go, oh, somebody's going to be open, it, just, it was just a bad day for their offense altogether. I don't see that, you know, continuing to be a problem. Too much talent. The offensive line's still good. Receivers are still good. Dak's still a top-10 quarterback, and it's a good system. They'll be back this week against Atlanta. Let's take a quick peek at the other side. Yeah. Cowboys defense, Teddy Bridgewater had his best game of the season. Right. Why? Well, you know, one, they dominated in the run game. I mean dominated. You know, Dallas is not real big on the defensive line. They got a lot of studs, but no, like, you know, not a lot of like, oh, this guy's 315 and this guy's 340. You know, they have like Bohana, who's that guy. Um, but they want to play speed inside. That, that's what they, they want to do. They want to play Carlos Watkins at 290 or 295. And they want to play Odigizua at 280 as their D tackles and have Randy Gregory and Basham on the outside right. and just be fast and chaotic. You know, again, this is where the Dallas defense is not amazing, but they play hard, they have depth, and they kind of create chaos is what I would call it. And that's what they do to stop the run a lot of the time. So they, you line up and you go, oh, we're going to run the ball to the right here, and you say set hut, and they all slant one crazy way. And it kind of like throws the offensive line up to where you're not necessarily getting beat physically, but they're just not where you thought they were going to be, and mm. now we can't get them, and we weren't coached up the right way all week to – to you know, stop the this movement right after the snap. Well, they have one of the best O-line coaches in Mike Munchak. Yeah. And Munchak was all over that stuff to where they did a great job in zone blocking primarily, especially in the first half, to where, hey, we're going to run this play, they're going to line up like this, and they're probably going to move like this, and they were all over the movement. 
So they like cut people off a lot that way, opened up a lot of big holes there. The second half, they get, they threw out a few run plays that they hadn't shown in the first half where they pulled guards and pulled a tackle and did that. That gashed them. And then ultimately, I think the other thing I'll come down to is, you know, Dallas, we talked about this a few weeks ago against the New England Patriots. They want to play man-to-man, and they will continue to play it until you show them that you're going to have a few ways to gash it. And they couldn't match up with not only some of the plays themselves that hurt man-to-man, but Jerry, Judy, and Tim Patrick are pretty damn good, and they got open too. And that caused some big plays and some issues for the Dallas defense. Teddy Bridgewater is a frustrating evaluation, isn't he? Well, yes. He'll cruise through some games where he's like, he's okay, he's not great, he's not bad. He was wonderful on Sunday. He was wonderful. He threw the ball as good as he threw all year. But, yes, he's a little bit of a – it has to be the right matchup and way for him to look like that. I got to see more of that before I'm going to pin the tail. Agreed. You know, and say, oh, wait, he's here. He's surgical. He's going to be doing this every week. This was the kind of scheme that kind of matched up well for them. You know, play action pass came into to, to play. You know, the run game got going. Dallas got caught in between what they do want to do. And again, like we've been saying all year, Dallas defense is not great. They just play hard. They create a few turnovers. And that's what they rely on. But they also are relying on their offense kind of dominating the show and you always having to play from behind and catch up to where you can't play as much balanced football as maybe you'd like. And that's where it all compounded into it being down 30 to nothing at one point. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Let's turn the page and go out west to San Francisco, the 49ers and the Cardinals. And I, I started out the podcast sometime early and said a lot of the action on Sunday raised Serious questions. Yeah. I mean, there are many games you're like, well, how how did that happen and right. why did that happen? Right. This certainly falls into that category with the Cardinals coming in with a backup quarterback yep. without their top receiver. Right. Right away in the game, didn't have their top running back. Yep. Against a team that had to win. The Niners, for an early November game, I mean, there had to be as much sense of urgency around that game for them as any that we saw over the weekend. 100%. Yet the Cardinals controlled from the start. They controlled throughout. They won by 14 points. How? Great job, like you said, Colt McCoy. The coaching, Cliff Kingsbury. That's why, to me, he's in the leader house for Thank Coach you. of the Year. No problem. Didn't bite his nose Put off. that on my tab. Uh, that you know, They're a different football team, as we've tried to discuss you know, than years past. They got more to offer on the offensive side of the ball. There's a toughness about their football team. And at a base level... Even without Kyler Murray, they're more talented than the San Francisco 49ers right now. Mm. They're, just, they're just more talented across the board. But I thought it was the game planning of what Cliff Kingsbury did and making Colt McCoy feel comfortable yeah. and making some things easy on him then led Colt to go, man, I'm feeling good. Look at this. I'm, I'm, I'm hot I'm today. Dealing. You might not have thrown a lot of big passes, yeah. but then it led to him throwing a few big passes because right. you start to feel confident and you got your quarterback into a rhythm. Kind of felt a little bit as I watched that game <laughs> and studied what happened afterward. I thought to what you said last week about Mike White with the Jets right. two weeks ago that numbers were great, but you and I don't ever want to make it sound like it was easy because we know it's not easy, yeah. but 
they you know it, they it was easier things. for for right. those two quarterbacks right. because of the way the game was called, yes. the kind of schemes they were going after. No doubt about it. I think that's the big thing, and I think that's what you know we're going to hit on here a little bit. You know, just the different ways in which you know the the Arizona offense kind of attacked the 49ers and. You know, hey, the 49ers did okay on offense. They they have a little bit of the Chiefs disease right now. They continue to, you know, shoot themselves in the foot. You know, oh, here's Kittle wide open down the middle. He fumbles. Brandon Ayuk catches the ball at the 5-yard line wide open. He falls down, he gets up, somebody hits him, he fumbles the ball. They get no points. I mean, that game was about to be 14 to 7. So, offensively, the 49ers keep messing things up. Defensively, you know, it's a good defense. Um there's issues though. There's two issues to me. The secondary's average. You know, Javon Kinlaw's out of defensive line. You know, other than Bosa, who's still not 100% Bosa before the mm-hmm. injury, there's no other pass rusher other than him that really pops. So it's him and Armstead are the only two guys that can really do anything. And then the other thing I'll throw on to it is I think Arizona, I mean, I think San Francisco's defense, is, it's too predictable for me. They do you too know, much of what? They just do too much of its quarters coverage – cover three it's just a lot of the same looks where they might try to dress it up to look a little different but when you snap the ball they all end up in the same place all the time and again like i've always said if you got the legion of boom or the 2019 49ers defense fine that's cool but you don't have that right now and to me they don't give themselves the schematical advantages on the defensive side of the ball that necessarily help them when you're playing a team that's got a ton of talent and schemes to know how to take advantage of things. And that's where it became a little bit of a double whammy in this one. All right, thinking of the schemes and taking advantage, uh, it's your invite to get up there and uh, start the tape here. How does the quarterback go 22 out of 26? Well, a lot of credit to Colt McCoy. However, they worked the screen game in in a number of ways as well as any team has all year, I think. Yes, they did. Uh, They're they're great that way, all right? And it was great in this game because, you know, the the, – I want to say this is maybe the third screen in a row on this drive. I think you're right. I'm pretty sure it is. I can't remember exactly. But there's a lot of them early on in the football game. And, you know, again, it's just great thinking, great play design, everything, whatever you want to call it, and also having a great feel for what a defense likes to do. And here, like – you see, I mean, the 49ers never play man-to-man. It's like, don't even worry about that. That's not man. I mean, there's a corner up here. You know, here's the nickel back, and here's the other corner, who's Josh Allen, uh, Josh Norman down here. All right? And what they want to do is, like, you know, what they do more times than not, and I want to just get to the right spot on the film here, but, you know, now you got three guys out here as eligibles to your left, right? And you really only got the two DBs. Uh, 24, which is, I think, is K1 Williams and Josh Norman. And what they try to do is too much, the 49ers, in my opinion, is, like, they play their linebackers in, like, half-sea spots where it's like, we want you to be responsible with the run game, but if they throw a quick game pass out here, you're really fast, Red Warner, and we want to get you out there, and you got to defend that too. Hmm. And, you know, that's okay against some teams, but not when it's the Cardinals who got receivers that can really go – and they're pretty good at the screen game, and they know how to coach it, and it's a part of their DNA on the offensive side of the ball. And as you can see here, see what happens is it just becomes, wait, I'll block him, and I'll block him, and he'll just beat him out on the edge. He can't get there in time, right? So just like a lot of these type of easy completions where – Okay, hey, first down screen. Look at that, nine yards. Damn, I'm a good quarterback. I feel good. Woo! 
I'm one for one. Hit Look a at couple that. layups. It's right. nice. Exactly. And once you do that and they work, the amount of things you can do off of it is really fun. And I, I love this next play call. It's awesome. Yeah. First quarter, 230 left. Arizona up 7 nothing. Keep in mind the kind of screen that we just saw. Right. Exactly right. Screen we just saw. Screen that we've probably seen similar to the one we just saw has probably already been called at this point four times maybe. It might be five at this point, all right? And, you know, just want to motion this a little farther here. But here we go. It's, I mean, again, to, to my point, it's zone defense. It's always zone. It's always zone. Here's the down safety. It's, cover, it's a cover three defense. I mean, that's what they're doing. Are they limited personnel-wise why they have to play zone? Well, they don't have – yes, their corners are not good. So they can't play man-to-man. But it's it's never been in their DNA in the Shanahan era where they've been always a predominantly three-match quarters type of football team more times than not. And, okay, I mean, at least this time it's just, you know, two-on-two, right? And you're going, oh, okay, great. But I'm guaranteeing – or I'm betting that with this formation – uh, that the Arizona Cardinals have with the two tight ends up here, that they knew it would stay two-on-two two out here. Because now, because of the two tight ends, they don't want to put him out here too much in case they run, okay? Pulling guard run play, they know they're going to be screwed. So look at Fred Warner. The last play, he was trying to do the half sees. This time, he knows he can't do that. They run the little play-action fake, and now they know that they're going to get the two-on-two two matchup. The nickelback is coming up worrying about the screen because he's seen it three times already in Rondell Moore. He's sprinting toward he's it. He's sprinting he toward it. He knows it's coming. And look oh, what happens. So oh, baby. And now you get the, the curl flat underneath guy out of the way. And Christian Kirk does a good job of coming out like, hey, I'm blocking. And then he runs a slant. And look at the size of this window. Yeah. I mean, again, you and me are hitting that all day long. Right damn, now, I'm on fire. Today, and think of your quarterback. Let me play again. Right. Let you, like, if you're a quarterback, you're going, damn, I, I feel good. Man, coach, call whatever you want. I'm on fire, baby. And credit I'm on to, fire. to McCoy, the receivers there, who, who really sold, sold it. that first instant. Because when you hit pause, it looked just like that old It screen. looks just like the other play. Yeah. And it looks like this is where I'm into. You always hear me say the phrase marrying plays, right? Yeah. Like They run this play a lot, too. Backside guard pulled, run James Conner. I mean, they have a long touchdown run on the first drive. It's that play. Yeah. So they're giving you things where they're going, wait, we're getting gashed by the run. We're getting gashed by the screen. It all looks the damn same. I don't know what the hell to do. Oh, here comes the screen. We got, oh, what a slam Quick rat slam off behind it. Right. That's, that's that, I mean, to me, that's where it's awesome. gone to another level with Cliff Kingsbury on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. Well, All that's right. very well set up. We saw the screen. We saw the quick slant behind it. Yep. When you throw short, when you throw short, screen, screen, screen. If you want to go deep, then they're pretty well set up for they're, it. They're well set up. And, again, this is, again, I, you know, listen, I'm, I'm a little hunch here. I don't, I don't know if I'm, I'm necessarily right about this all the way. I am right, I think, in the fact that they knew what they were going to get as far as from the defense. What did I tell you San Francisco does? They play quarters, quarters and cover three. Zone. It's yep. zone every time, right? And this is a form of quarters, right? It, it's quarters coverage, okay? But within this, you have a four-by-one set with the back offset to the three wide receivers. There's four eligibles to this side. And I, I should have pointed this out yeah. earlier. Third and 18. Third and 18. Third down 18. Third and 18. And then you got the backside receiver in a tight split. Now, I'm, I'm guaranteeing Arizona knew that they were going to get this type of defense. And I bet you within this, 
Kingsbury all week said, hey, alert the back out of the backfield here. Because what they're going to do is clear out, deep out, I think even deep corner route, all right? Rondell Moore in a shallow cross. James Conner, halfback burst the opposite direction. Now, I don't know if it was all window dressing just to throw to James Conner. Or if it was like, hey, if one of these guys, this guy, or this guy just pop wide open, throw it to them. Um, But be aware that the back could be potentially dangerous on this play because what the 49ers do, and I'll clear the screen again here, what they this is what we would I would have called quarters push. Because once this guy goes here and you got four other eligibles over here, like Defenses are starting to go, well, why keep the safeties and corners back that way? Let's push them over mm. and get them involved in case they run, you know, crosser this way and crosser that way and in cut. Now we got some extra guys over here to defend it, right? That's what they do. Is that your title of push or did you hear that? No, it's it's it's, 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 a real uh, thing. it's something I call, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's good. Know, I was playing for Josh McDaniels, yeah. right, in Denver or working for New England, and we would have called this quarters push, okay. right? They're going to push it to this way because they got an inkling, and, you know, there you see the drawing. That wasn't my drawing there. Um, but look how this is unfolding here, right? So you got the clear out. It's third and 18, like you mentioned. He might have the out route. He might. But, again, this is what makes me lead me to believe that, I think it was all a bunch of bull crap just to get yeah. back to here. Because he's, he's looking at the open receiver. He's looking at the open receiver, right. And he's not really, he's not doesn't give a damn. It, it doesn't yeah. look like he's even really ready to cock right. it or do anything. It's all just, hey, look it over here so we can get this guy going over here and look at the backside corner. They're all flying over there. And there's Rondell Moore running the shallow cross and Fred Warner's going to go match him. And what's going to happen is James Conner's going to catch the ball right here and be one-on-one with one guy. And it's going to and, – and to me, this is like, you know, again, I don't know. Maybe I'm giving a little more credit to Cliff Kingsbury than I should, but he's very quick to get to that. Look left, look left. Let me throw it back down to the back. He was going there the whole way. I, I agree. I mean, that's – I agree, too. This is like what we would have called halfback choice and West Coast offense where you, oh, I'm looking downfield like I'm going to throw yeah. something. I know I'm really throwing to the back the whole time. I heard Peyton Manning talk about it on the last Manning telecast a few weeks ago. Look downfield, get the defense to drop. Yeah. Oh, I got this guy one-on-one on a backer. So now he's going to catch the ball. Look, this cornerback here, he's still running over here. And he's going to be one-on-one with 51, who's going to have to make a wide-open field tackle against a running back who's pretty good in space. Made and a miss. Made a miss. Right, exactly. And now you see the backside corner, number four, Trying to get over there. There's there's not a defender within 20 yards of him when he made the one miss. He doesn't get touched until 22 yards right, down the field. Right. 22 yards down so the field. So demoralizing, too. Backed up in their territory, third right. and 18. Right. Like the, the defense just carries itself a little differently the next couple plays when they give up third and 18. No doubt. Right? No doubt. It's, a, it's deflating. Oh. It's deflating to your whole sideline. It's yes. everything. It's yeah. just like, oh, no. Everybody's got it. You got to be shitting you me. You got to be shitting me. We're about to get the ball at midfield. Yeah. And maybe change his game around, and now they're marching. Now they got first and they and end 10. up scoring a touchdown on the drive. Right, and then, okay, I, I kind of prematurely got this, it's but okay. you, you have so many things you hit underneath, yeah. and have so much success in so many different packages. Right. Then you can hit them up top when you, if you if you want to go there later on. If you want to go there later on, hit them up top, and I think again it goes into. Another great game plan design play here by Cliff Kingsbury and company. Yep. And also tying that together with 
I think they knew what they were going to get coverage-wise mm. in some of these formations. This is where I go. The 49ers, you got to change it up a little bit. You know, against it's fine against crap def, crap offenses, fine. But when you start to play the elite, to line up in the same coverages and the same looks time after time, you're just you've got no chance against to me against offenses like this anymore. It's, it's and over. even even though Cold is experienced over a decade in the league, he, he's still a backup. You're still making his first start. We saw what the Chiefs did against Jordan Love. I mean, wouldn't you want to come after? Come after a second stringer who hasn't played really this year. I, I mean, I certainly wouldn't want to give him comfortable looks, which which is exactly is what, what these he's are. Getting. Comfortable looks, don't have to think a lot. Yeah, they're fast and they're aggressive, but it's like great. You get used to that after a few plays. Like, okay, man, they're fast. I got to get the ball out of my hand quick. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, it's, they're violent. But they they played into the. The 49ers were sound. We know what we're doing, so that allows us to play fast. They were like, great, we're going to use that against you. You You're going to be so all over some of this stuff we've shown on film that we're going to screw you over with the curveball that comes off of it. And so here we go, Paul. Like, it's Rondell Moore in motion. He's going to run a go down the left sideline. You're going to have 85. I think that's Wesley set up right here and like a curl route. You got... Uh, Kirk going on the deep post, all right? They're going to keep this tight end into block. They're going to run the little run fake that we see them do with James Conner out this way. And ultimately, it becomes a little bit of a four-on-one again, right? A four, it becomes four receivers to the one side, eligible. They, the 49ers, I say, as in they, guess what? Are playing zone, playing quarters coverage. Mm. Quarters coverage, shocker. Haven't seen that before. So he's back. There's a safety back here, right? Um, you got a guy here that's, you know, K1 Williams is going to be in the, the flat. You got underneath guys. This guy is going to keep his eyes on the tight end in case, yeah, he's got to stay there to run. You know, what if he runs an out route? What if they, what if they, he blocks and runs a screen? So unlike the other one, he's not going to push over as much like we saw on the play before. But then there's a safety back here who, he can push over just a little bit. And to me, again, this goes back into I think Arizona knew exactly what they're getting here. And you could see, like right here, you could start to see the linebackers, everybody's kind of pushing over. you got to trust me that that safety's over there. We're going to show another angle, too. And Hufunga, the deep safety, is kind of over here all by himself. And you got, you know, four sitting there just worried about the tight end in case something happens, right? So you see that. Protection's great. Mm. Boom. I mean, beautiful throw. On the money. You got Christian Kirk, who runs 4-3, one-on-one, with a safety who played linebacker in college at a USC, Hufunga, who I really like. But to me, I mean, listen. Look at that pocket, too. The pocket's perfect. Even if he doesn't want to throw that, look at this. Yeah. If he throws to James Conner, he's going to get the first down. I mean, again, to me, it just goes into, like, Kingsbury had such a good feel for what they wanted to do. And I want to fast forward it. Let's go to that other cut. I think it's right here. Here we go. This is what I want to show. You know, so basically, yes, zone defense, but they found a way to get a one-on-one matchup that should never happen because of that. You know, there's quarters. He's quarters a little bit over wide. They push him. They push him. The other linebackers over here kind of coming out of the screen. And you got Christian Kirk on a not real fast athletic safety 
one-on-ones who, streaking down the field. Even though he's in a zone, right away turns his back and just runs. Like he's not, he's not, it doesn't look like a zone concept to me. Well, you mean as far as like uh, as, as far as what Hufanga's Hufanga's doing? doing? Yeah. Well, I know. I don't know why he's so aggressively like he's playing facing it like it. it's man. He should be like you know. Again, it's quarters and it's everything's a match concept to a degree. Yeah. And I don't know if he's expecting some sort of cross off of this where he's going to go underneath him. But either way, you're right. He should be kind of giving ground a little bit in case he goes either way. You're right about that, a hundred percent. But. You can see, like, this is what I wanted to show. Watch watch um, Christian Kirk and his body language. He makes it look like he's going to lean in and yeah, go across him. Yeah. See that? And then he takes it up over the top. Got him right, right? there. Yep. So that, to it's me, good. again, was the beauty of the play, the beauty well of the coaching, and knowing kind of what you're going to get. It's go time now for the Niners. I mean, they're, they're three and five. Yep. I mean, defensively, yep. do they have what it takes to, uh, to, to make a run at this thing? Because – I know I brought it up Monday, but yeah. there is a team with a losing record in the NFC right now that's likely going to be in the playoffs. I know, I know, you're right. A lot uh, of good players in yeah. the Niners. Can it be them? I, they, they, they. It can be them. It can because I, I think the teams that are in front of them again are not that talented or special like we've kind of talked about. Atlanta, Carolina, Minnesota, Seattle. You know, damn. I mean, Carolina. You could take the defense off the field right now. They'll probably screw it up and won't score points. Yeah. You know, uh, Seattle. You don't know what to expect from them. Right. Minnesota's all over the place. Atlanta's probably the most consistent, just gutsy and whatever else. But I don't think we look at them as being overly talented. Right. The, to me, where it's different is I don't think their defense is is going to be just good all year. It's mm. not ever going to get great. It's not. And I'd like to see them do a few more things, like, you, like you've heard me say, obviously. Um, so I think the defense will be respectable. Top 12, top 14. They've got to make fine. it harder in a quarterback than they did with Cole on it, Sunday. But exactly, they do. But it, to me, it also it's, it's going to go – the offense is going to have to be a little bit more of the driving force here. And, you know, again, they just continue to find ways to kind of shoot themselves in the foot a little bit. Like people – I want to say this. Jimmy Garoppolo played good. I mean, he played really well. I know he threw the interception of the late of the game, but hey, that was the only, like one of the only bad decisions he I made think it's throughout. Second week in a row, we said that he's played pretty damn good. Yeah. Exactly right. So it's not him. I don't look at him as the issue. You know, they just got to find ways to execute and get the ball in the end zone. Which I they show me stuff on the offensive side of the ball where I still go, damn, that's a good play by Shanahan. I like that run. All right, oh, that, that's a good little pass concept off the run fake or even the drop back pass game, which I don't think is necessarily his, his strength of strengths. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think it's, it's not going to be like 2019 where the offense might be able to disappear every now and then and the defense will just dominate and it doesn't matter. No, I think the offense is going to have to help the defense out a little bit this year. You, my friend, get yeah. to take a break from, from breaking down the film right now. And turn in, turn into host mode. Oh, I, so go, I get to talk fast to go to talking yeah, faster yeah. again. There you go. Here we go. You know it. Chris Sims Unbuttoned, presented by Under Armour. We're proud to have them. We're supported by Under Armour. And just like us, Under Armour wants to give you an edge. They are focused on performing better and taking their game to the next level, like the Arizona Cardinals and Cliff Kingsbury. Everything from running shoes that propel you forward to hoop shoes that give you insane grip. Yeah, that's why Steph Curry's on fire right now, scoring 50. Insane grip. 
grip on his Under Armour basketball sneakers. They even make hoodies that reflect energy. We're going to see that damn hoodie one day because I want to reflect Florio's bad energy. <laughs> We're not just about the end result, winning, or glory. Under Armour is about the hard work, the dedication, the cycle of training, competing, and recovering. We give you advantages but not shortcuts. The only way... Is through. through. Nice job going global and being Thank aware you. of the NBA. Went a little and global there. there. Yeah. yeah, Steph's kind of en fuego. I think the Warriors bit. are like nine and one or something like that. Is it that good? Yeah, they're kind of like, hey, you know, we were we, we haven't been good in two years. Don't forget about us. We're, I know, right? We still were a dynasty not that long ago. Coming yeah. back in a little bit. Pete, Pete confirms. Nine Sources and one. confirmed. Nine yeah. and one. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I listen. I root for Steph You're Curry. There. I'm, hard not to. Right? It's, it's, it's impossible not to. Davidson yeah. College. Yeah. Somehow. Right. Just like how that happened. He's like he's he's like the Jimmy Chipwood of basketball or um, I think he got that right. I think I did, too. Right. Or like, you know, who's uh, who's the slick guy from Louisiana growing? You know, he's just Pistol Pete. Pistol Pete. Pete Thank you. Yeah. To me, that's who he is. He's the modern day. That guy like just well, it doesn't make sense. He's not dunking on people or rising above the rim. He just he does it with unbelievable dribbling and shooting. It's right. it's amazing. It's Should amazing. we have a hoops podcast? Uh, no, no. <laughs> They're not <laughs> paying right. me enough. Back to football. And Cliff Kingsbury called a very good game. Yes, Cole he did. McCoy. Yeah. Josh McDaniels, Bill Belichick are doing a wonderful job, I think, with, with Mac Jones. Love 100. what he's doing. Yeah. But the way that entire team is being put together and what they're doing, what they're good at, I, I think really came to life. 24-6 to six against Carolina. They've won four out of five, so it's not like it's the only game it's come to life. But you think about the Patriots getting on this run offensively and the way Mac Jones is playing. What comes to mind first? Well, um, efficiency. Like, the efficiency as far as they block everything almost perfectly in the run game. The pass game, it's always well thought out and smart. Yeah, it might not be explosive or sexy, but there's a plan and there's a thoughtfulness of like who we are as a football team. Clearly. And like let's not go outside the lines on that. Let's color within the lines. We know who we are and we'll play that way and play a complimentary football game because our defense is awesome and they're going to cause issues that way too. And to me, they have found a little rhythm within this offense. Sure the run have. game is starting to kick butt a little bit. Mm-hmm. They find three or four plays a week to get an explosive play in the pass game. And Mac Jones, of course, is managing games and playing the position like he's been around the NFL for eight years now. And it's like in this game, they hit the the truly perfect formula. And it's not very often you get to after the game say, well, that was perfect for the way this team is set up. Right. But a couple of huge turnovers on defense, yep. defense scores, and then you go, okay, offensively, if we're not in a scramble mode and we can kind of call the game we want, what will be perfect? Be perfect if the running backs could run more than Mac throws. Right. It'd be nice if Mac didn't really have to push it down the field that much. Right. And that's exactly Trifecta, what like happened. You said. Yeah, it is. You're exactly right. It's exactly what happened. Um, you know, where they're amazing, just from my experience of being with Josh McDaniels in Denver or, you know, working up there, is once they get you in some formations or personnel sets where they can kind of like bottle it down to mm. they play this defense or that defense against this formation – period love that you better watch out because they're going to come up with a bunch of plays to screw that over in this game you know they run for 151 yards they run three run plays it's the same three run plays over and over it's the same three run plays that they knew were going to be the right run plays for this football team for the most part. there might have been one other run play but for the most part it was a some sort of a draw play 
taking advantage of Carolina being aggressive up front, how they get up field, right? So they tied plays together, like where they like to throw the kind of the Arizona screen a lot. Mm. They do that stuff. Like we've seen that back in Tom Brady, fake that, drop back, then hand the ball off. They did that to Carolina five times for like big yards every time. And then I'm going to show you the other two plays they did off of that, let alone there's two pass plays in the game that led to explosive pass plays, both to the back, where they knew what they were about to get coverage-wise, and these were McDaniel specials, up-your-butt Joe Boo, Carolina Panthers. <laughs> I got you. The code is cracked, and that's what leads to them 24-6. to six. Hey, they turned the ball over two times in this game as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's what he threw a pick, mm-hmm. you know, had the got like, crushed on the Brian Burns play right. where everyone yeah. thinks it's dirty and all of that. Um, but, man, New England, watch out. That's all I can say. number of plays here to show yeah. what went well here for New England. Let's start out with the screen pass. Uh, Jones to Stevenson. Second quarter, early second. Patriots down 3 nothing. And it's like, it's a screen pass, but it's not a screen pass. But, the, again, it goes into the conversation of we know what coverage we're about to get, okay? And it's a little bit like our play we just showed with Colt McCoy when on the third and 18 and he throws the check down to James Conner for the first down. Okay. It's a lot of window dressing to let's just go back to the back here because they haven't seen this and we got them. All right. So roll this tape here and uh, uh, Carolina playing man-to-man, as, as you could see right here. It's, it's man-to-man coverage all the way. Across the board, okay, and let me just see if I can draw it up the right way. We got man here, man here. Um, Let me see. Let me just make sure I got them all right here. Man here on Jonu Smith and man right here. I just want to make sure I got that. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm trying to make sure I got all my plays right here. You know, they got two linebackers in the middle, and I'm not sure what one of them's doing all the way. But one of them is supposed to take the back man-to-man. I'm pretty sure it's number four because you can see him pointing, right? So there's a little confusion there, but you can see four, Jermaine Carter pointing at Ramondre Stevenson. So they're playing man with a deep safety in the middle, and then Shaq Thompson is going to be free as a middle linebacker that, that way. Now, off of that, they're going to run a play that they run a lot, you know, fake the little guard pull strong side power run and they hit you a lot with like these pop passes right here right he might read it one to the shallow cross two to jacoby myers and they get fast flow up and they usually hit it behind you right so they decide to play man to man because they're probably going well we've got good corners we can lock down these receivers there's nothing special here all right and i would think off of that off of this action, they've probably not thrown to Ramondre Steven or the back off of this action the whole year. There's no screen blocking by the offensive line. They married the play to look like their normal run play to that side. And within that, we have um, Carter, who we talked about, number four, who's man-to-man. I think he goes, wait, they fake the run. Let me go find work in the middle of the field. And if you watch... Mac Jones here, again, a little bit of like we just talked about. He's looking downfield, but I think it's all BS. He's just waiting for Ramondre to sneak out. Look how quickly he gets to it, Paul. You tell me if you think I'm right or wrong here. 100%. He right? was never going anywhere he else. He was never going anywhere else. 
He, as soon as, in fact, I think he's looking at four, and as soon as he saw four go back this way, he went, oh, man, nobody's covering Ramondre Stevenson. And back up just a little bit yeah, there, Chris. Sure. Watch his lower body and his mechanics, and if you know how he normally throws, he gets to the top of his drop, and he's not readying himself to, to make a throw downfield. He's no. just standing there he's standing looking there, there. Like he's almost going to throw a screen ball exactly. or something like that, right? That, yeah. That's a good eye by you, and you're exactly right. So here's so again, this is New England magic. You know, taking advantage of something they probably saw on film or the fact that they don't stay with the run fake receiver after that and they try to get extra guys back in the middle to to cause, you know, tight throwing lanes and play action passes. Now, Mike my, uh, Fox, Michael, Fo- Michael Fox, uh, 91 Fox, okay, who came from Morgan Fox, excuse me, came from the Rams, he kind of recognizes it. As he's going out here, I think he sees he's got great eyes in the backfield. I think he sees Mac Jones kind of looking, and he tries to, like, help out here. You know, I don't think this is his coverage responsibility. I, I don't. I mean, I, I, it would be new for me to think the defensive tackles got the back out of the backfield. No. I think you just got a smart football player who kind of saw, like, the quarterback and the running back having a little eye connection there. And then there goes Ramondre Stevenson down the sideline for a big run. And to me, that's just the New England magic. Again, not always p- pretty. It's not the greatest show on turf, but it's like, all right, wait, we got in the flow of the game. We're getting this when we do this formation and this when we do this formation. All right, let's start dialing up the plays we liked against this stuff. And that's what makes them good. And Ramondre Stevenson changes their team. Oh, he's pretty good, right? He changes their team. Might be the best back on the team. Yeah, I think he is. For my money, that's who I would give the ball yeah. to him. When he's really good in the pass game, coming from Oklahoma. He's a good power running back, just like Damian Harris, except he's got a little more shake to him than Damian mm-hmm. Harris. He can make people miss. I think he is their best running back. And we're going to see a run play here coming up, yeah. Chris. And to, just to set it up, I want to compliment them on their commitment to the running game because it's yeah. not like they're killing it in the running game. Right. You made a very good point. They're getting better. Yeah. It's improving and yeah. it's done well. Right. But Harris and Stevenson, 25 carries for 92 yards. Okay. Yeah. Right. Less than four yards per carry yeah. by NFL standards is, is not that good. Right. But they keep doing it they're committed to getting those attempts they are they are committed to it they, you know they're, they're keeping the broader picture of the game you know always at the front of their mind which is we know we have a good defense we do have a young quarterback yep. yes we're not that talented a receiver to think we're going to be able to just go out and throw it 45 times and carve people up right so it's again this is why they're the new england patriots and he's bill belichick because they know how to manage a game better than anybody in football. Same drive. Yep. Uh, I show th- third and two. This says third and one. Bottom line, Either way. third and short on the same drive. Yeah, third and short on the same drive. Okay. Let me see if I get to this here. All right. So what you're going to see here, this is, again, one of the three running plays I told you about. Man-to-man coverage, once again, from Carolina. And what do we got? Five guys on the line of scrimmage. Another four guys right behind it. That's nine and then a Dante Jackson playing man-to-man on this receiver right here. So you have 10 guys in the tackle box. It's a lot. What's a good play? Let's pin them all inside and go outside. There you go. Let's, why, why try to block all these guys inside? Because you can't. When we can just like have two guys just be a shield and stop everybody. So they're going to run with you know, a toss-crack play uh, back in the Gruden offense, or the, what we would call this 99 Philly I don't know why. There was something to do with Philly there. Um, but it's going to be blocked down. It's going to be blocked down. And then you're going to see pulling guards off of it. And it's going to be 
pulling tackle, excuse me, Isaiah Wynn. Okay, and I messed up the blocking just a little. But you can see it's blocked down, blocked down, pulling guard, fullback leading. And you got all those people stuck inside. And now they got two free blockers out on the edge. And it's, I mean, this is easy living. Perfect Ramondre Stevens runs through the hole. Nobody touches him. The first guy that touches oh, him gosh. is a safety. 12 yards down the field, and he stiffs arm for another few yards, and now it's first and goal at the three-yard line. That's just, again, them knowing, them coaching it the right way, you know, them being brilliant that way, and that's where New England gets really dangerous. And I think we have one more, yeah. one more ground game here. A second quarter late, New England up 7-6. Now it's not third and one, but third and three. Yeah, and this is, this is like, this was the other run right here. And this is like, um, you know, 34 double, if you want to call it. They want to get double teams across the board and then work up to the second level. It's basically everybody come off the line of scrimmage straight forward and try to mash people. And where, where again, I think this came into, like, they knew they were going to get this. We actually wanted to show this defensive alignment a few weeks ago when the Panthers played the Dallas Cowboys because they did it, and it became an issue. You know, you hear me say sometimes, when you play man-to-man against a running team, right, and now all of a sudden they got motions and things and all that, guys aren't sure of, wait, I got this gap, I got that gap. Oh, wait, I'm supposed to be covering the tight end man-to-man, but you also want me responsible for the C gap? That's a little hard to do. I can't do both. And that's where they got Carolina in a little bit of a bind here. And this is a play they came back to. And in fact, I think they've run this play two times in a row here for big gains. But you can see right here, you got man coming across. You got man right here, right? You got um, uh, the, the, the safety, Jeremy Chin, manned up on the tight end, right? He's responsible for the C-gap. Right, But he's worried about the tight end who steps out to block the defense end, so he steps out a little bit. Because, you know, he doesn't know. It could be block, chuck the guy, he could go out in a route. So he's got to kind of follow him. He does that, all right? And here you go. Look at where Jacoby Myers is. Jacoby Myers, I just want to get this all done, so fake the speed sweep. Jacoby Myers is here. Stephon Gilmore is covering him man-to-man. All right? And what they want to do is they want to get this to where – they can get, you know, they're hoping to get um, the, the right guard or right tackle up here to cut somebody off in the second level. Jacoby Myers to block that safety, and they want Ramondre Stevenson one-on-one with a corner. That's what every team in football wants. A really good running back against a corner is a win because you're going to run him over. He's going to do something special that way. It doesn't quite play out that way here, mm. but you could see it's body on body, and Boom, it ends up being a big game. And this is like those two run plays get called multiple times throughout the day. And there's even another one. I want to say it was the next play. I'm mad Pete didn't pick that one because um, <laughs> it was sexier. And, but either way, you got my drift there. That's New England, great coaching. New England knowing who they are as a team. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, on the offensive side of the ball, it's efficient. They execute, and their defense is special. Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing. The Mac Jones, uh, Mac, twelve out of eighteen, a buck thirty-nine, one touchdown, one pick. Kind of perfect for what they're looking for from him. Uh, we have a question here from Caleb Hawkeye, KJ One. We appreciate anybody who writes in with Hawkeye 
in there, Chris. Got to point yeah, that we'll out. Yeah, give him a little love. Okay, fine. Mac isn't throwing a lot of touchdowns per game, but seems to have adopted the Tom Brady style of don't force the ball, live to die another day. Yep. Any thoughts there? Any, any similarities I, you see? I, I think that's a great point by him. I do. I think, you know, this is, this is early career Tom Brady. This is early career. Like, manage the game. You know, don't take a chance. We got a good defense. We're going to be able to run the ball. We'll tell you when we need you to make some big-time Tom Brady throws. Yeah. And, and that's what's going on with Mac Jones right now, no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, he doesn't have the arm Brady has, but still, good arm, can do a lot of different things. He's so smart. He's got great feel in the pocket. And, uh, yeah, like I said, you better watch out for New England because they got it going. You mentioned Ramondre Stevenson, their fourth-round pick out of Oklahoma at running back. Uh, one question here, Chris, that fits in well. John Hassan said, Chris and Paul, can you tell me about how great Christian Barmore has been for the Pats lately? Fucked up the play multiple times against the Panthers. Uh, Pats had one of the better drafts in 21. I, I like John. He's, he's obviously been listening to the pod. I appreciate that. You're right. A lot of fuck up the plays for Christian Barmore. Barmore, Barmore, I, I probably missed his name. But I think it's Barmore. I think you're right. He, um, I'll make this, I mean, he doesn't even start for them, right? Because he's young. He's a rookie. He's got to like, you know, dominate the world first before you start New England, before you can be a starter. <laughs> you know, they got, they got some big guys up front. As far as Devon Godshaw is a good player, Lawrence Guys is still a good player. Um, so they got big guys that way. But here's what I think impresses me about Barma. Barmore, obviously, he can play nose tackle. He can play five technique. He can play three technique. He's got versatility, but has real power of a true nose tackle if you want it. Mm. For my money, what I would say to, or, to John's question, I, I think he's the best pass rusher on their team. Really? There's nobody to me over the last four or five weeks that create more issues for the quarterback than Barmore. I know Judon's the pass yeah. rusher and off the edge. But, again, this is where it's like you know, these guys don't get justice. There's so many plays where he pushes the pocket into the quarterback's face and it ends up being an incompletion or just an ugly pass or whatever because he's kind of ruined the play that way. So he's got a great blend of you know strength, Pretty good quickness for his size. I want to say he's about 315, somewhere in that range. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, the future definitely looks looks bright for him. And we turn to our friends at PointsBet now, thinking about the Patriots. Good matchup this weekend against the Browns. Uh, the over-under is 45. New England favored by one and a half. What do you think? I, I'm actually – I was surprised to see New England was going to be favored. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know how that was going to go. To me, this is one of the tough – picks of the week here there's no doubt about it um how about the over under here so i'm gonna hit them both here okay. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna hit them both let me just break it down a little bit this is the first thing that comes to my mind without diving too deep into the next week's games quite yet cleveland no nick chubb out with covid kareem hunt may be back if back it's a calf strain probably not going to be totally himself cleveland yes good running team we know that they can run the ball just about anybody New England's big enough up front that they can. I think they can stop the run on just about anybody, let alone you've heard me say Cleveland is a little predictable in their pass and what they do off of that. And I, to me, that plays into New England's favor. Okay, yeah, it's run. It's going to be tough stopping you, but we got a pretty good feel of how you're going to attack us off the pass game too off of that, and we'll have people in the right areas where you're trying to throw it off a of play action. So I look at that to be interesting, and I can't wait to see this. To me, this is like – this is arguably the game of the awesome week, in game. my opinion. Yeah. Cleveland clearly more talented, maybe, than the – not maybe. They're more talented, 
But then the other aspect I look at it, you go pass, uh, pass rush yard, pass rush yards, excuse me, over under 125.5. As I sit here right now, I'm going to say over for sure. That would be well over their average. The I know. Season. I know. And, uh, you know, but don't get, don't get caught up in the poorness of the first three or four weeks running the game. That's fair. It's yeah. been the last four or five weeks where I've seen it slowly start to come alive. Not a lot of uh, – Cleveland's a, a speed front. They want to play speed football. So they could get pushed around by New England's offensive line for sure, mm. let alone what did we just talk about New England when they know what you're going to get. Yeah. You know, Cleveland's another one of those teams where I'm going to go – they might be able to get – get away with it because they have enough talent at some point when they really get a hold of that scheme. But it's a little predictable. It's a little predictable. So, you know, I think, uh, yeah, I'm going over with the rushing yards. And as of right now, I'm leaning picking New England. Okay. Yeah. It, it certainly sounded like yeah. it. Yeah. And they are favored by one and a yeah. half. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Hey, before we uh, fully pull the train in the station here, I don't want this pod to get over without addressing Jordan Love a little bit. Yeah, cool. Made his first start in Kansas City. Yeah against the Chiefs obviously uh, didn't go well for the team we were both watching him closely what did you see you know I think the thing that uh, nothing special Mm -hmm. I think that's the first thing I'll just say that would be my banner statement like again you know I'm into just the eye test I'm not expecting him to carve people up in his first game ever in a tough spot you know halfway through the year where you haven't got reps with the number one offense all that much that's tough I've been there you know, you, you feel like, you know, you, you're like, man, I, I forgot how to ride a bike here for a little bit. So mm-hmm. that's not easy. But, yeah, you've heard me say before, even when Zach Wilson threw three interceptions in the game or Trevor Lawrence, I just went, man, but there were still some throws and some, some plays traits. where I went, yeah. oh, I like that. Yeah. I'm not sure I've seen that from Jordan Love. Right. Let alone, like we talked about on Monday, some throws where you go, I don't care who you are. You just you don't yeah. miss that throw. Two things that, that bothered me, yeah. and it's only one game. It's yeah. his first game. Yep. Uh, but it, it's all we have to go on. Yeah. The guys who really do it at that level, anticipation and accuracy. Yes. Little bit late and Very a late. lot of inaccuracy. A lot so of like, inaccuracy. You expect a guy in his first start just to, to throw a couple picks where he throws it right to somebody because he got fooled. Yeah. That's part of the deal. He didn't really see that. No. But consistently the ball didn't go where it was supposed to yeah, in right. terms of accuracy mm-hmm. or on time. No, I think that's Troubling. Very, very fair. And what I add on to that, too, is – you know, as I watch the film and I rewind plays and I watch, like, ball just didn't co- doesn't come out of his hand clean in, in very very many throws. Right. A lot of them are a, a wobbly, a not spin spinning. Yeah. Right. They're spinning very weird. Um, and, again, you know, one aspect I told you, I think, on Monday, too, is, you know, there's there was going to be some throws where I wanted to show to just go, like, get in the proper position and throw and the football. Throw it, step into You're it, not throw. Aaron Rodgers to where you can jump in the air and turn your body and no feet are on the ground and throw the ball to a five-yard out route. You know, that bothered me a little bit too. But uh, either way, um, yeah, I guess the look overall was not that, you know, jaw-dropping to me. And we have a, a new category here. Are you ready? Yeah. To close it out? Oh, baby, I forgot. Play of the fucking day. Play of the fucking day. Look at you. Look yeah. at you swearing. How dare you swear in my podcast? <laughs> <You> <laughs> what do we got here? You have to swear. Well, 
well, you and I were watching this oh, together, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yes, you yes. know. And I'm I, glad you picked this one. I on on the get go was like, oh, it's cover three. And you, I remember when we watched your live, you're like, but it was weird. Like, <laughs> it didn't seem right. Like, are you sure it was cover three? And this is Rams Titans. Rams it's, Titans. It's the second pick that uh, Kevin Bayard pick six right here, yeah. right? And he's lined up as kind of like a deep half ish. Right. They're maybe they're, they like to like, kind of make everything look like quarters. Right, so I'm going to stand up here. They like to make everything look like quarters, straight back, or you know, or they'll make it look like this, and he plays, and then all of a sudden it's cover two to this side, and it's quarters this way, or it'll be cover three, rotate the single, he comes down, he goes out, and they play true cover three. Yeah. They're very good in almost every play. Like you get up to the line of scrimmage and you go, I'm not sure which one of those it's going to be. They all kind of look the same. It's it's cover three, so I was right, but you were right too, because he was not in the place he was supposed to be. He just went where he where he sensed He's he should instinct, go. Instinctive. I think he told Michelle something like that after. He after said the game. he said I wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah. Right. And so what they're gonna do here is they're a little bit of in like a bare front, right? It's five five across on the defensive line, and what they want to do is go cover three, cover three, cover three. He's curl flat over here. He's a zone dropper in the middle, okay? And they want this guy to get out here to be curl flat over here, and he just comes down in the middle like the linebacker and plays that zone area. That's what they were trying to do. I mean, that's what they're trying to do. But as you'll see here, right, he kind of just floated out there right away. So you can see this linebacker down here on the right here who jams Hunter Henry, uh, or no, Tyler Higby, one of those H tight ends. He jams him, and then he's going to try to get back out here to curl flat. Bayard should be sitting right yeah. here for this guy. Yeah. But I don't know what it was as he was coming down. Um, and it, it sounds like he's a film studier, and he's incredibly instinctive. You know, as he comes down, I think he kind of just follows. He follows Matthew Stafford's eyes. Look, his eyes start to go there, and he kind of just goes, eh, I'm going to go over there. Yeah. The hell with it. And he makes a phenomenal play. Yeah. And now they're up 14 nothing, And we don't ever have to see if Ryan Tannehill and the passing offense can carry so the team. True. Because now they can kind of just manage the game and play conservatively and, you know, cause some issues for the uh, Rams, absolutely Rams team. Play that game. Reminded yeah. me, just watching him and kind of thinking about how he was just going to where he sensed he should. I think 07 in Atlanta, I went to a Falcon-Steelers game. And I got the same feeling about watching Paul Amalu. I'm like, I don't... Those other 10 guys are doing this. I think he's just going where he feels like he should. Palomalo is the all-time leader in that. Right? I mean, the all-time leader. You other guys play that defense the way it's lined up. I, I got to play scout team. Yeah. Safety. What? Troy Palomalo. You, you, when, you I was with the, when I was with the Tennessee Titans. What happened to the other backups? But, the, you were Kerry playing safety? Collins, he was the quarterback, and yeah. he was like, Chris has got a good feel for Palomalo and how he disguises stuff and what he does and all that. Let's put Chris So they let me go back there and do all this crazy crap and yeah. do it. It was a lot of fun. But, yes, he was hard to game plan because you had no he, – he disguised things and went to areas where yeah. you were like, oh, wait, that's where they coached him to go, but he was over here. That's crazy. Yeah. And then every now and then he'd just do whatever the hell he felt. That's what like, it looked like. He'd go, I got a feel for what they're doing. I'm yeah. going. See ya. Right. And you'd go, whoa, you can't do that. But he had a great feel and, and did it a lot and yeah. did, it, did it well. Other ten guys were pretty good too. Yeah, yeah. They have, they have some good defenses for sure. Yeah. There's a show. There's a show. That's a show, That's as a Paul show. likes to say. 
Uh, appreciate everybody. Appreciate the questions. Hope you learned something today, football-wise. Uh, I did. I could have picked a better play, that second run play for the Patriots. Self-scouting myself. Jerk. I could have gone Gosh, better there. Suck. So that bothers me. You yeah. know, but every now and then you throw an incompletion, and, okay, you just got to you gotta battle back. Even right? Colt was 22 out of 26. Yeah, I, mean, I know. He right. missed four. A fellow Longhorn, he, he could throw an incompletion. I can, too. Yeah. Subscribe, rate, review Thursday. PFTPM, Chris Sims on Button Collaboration. Picks Podcast, that's coming. All right. Thanks for checking in on What the Fuck Happened Wednesday. Chris Sims on Button, presented by Under Armour. Paulie, you the man. Well done today. See you, buddy. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.